What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is Conf T with your SE. That's right. It's time for another episode of Conf T with your SE. My favorite number, well, one of my favorite numbers, 55, episode 55. Today we're going to be talking about email threat defense. But before we jump into that, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Tom Porto. How are you, sir? I'm good, Brian. It's a yeah. beautiful day. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. <laughs> I've got my Brian Young starter kit. We're good to go. Now, for let's the, talk some email security. For the for the uninformed, what is an official Brian Young starter kit? It can include any one of three things: um, a Dunkin' okay. Donuts coffee. I don't know of your variety. I like iced. Um, mm-hmm. Any type of hacking device, like a Flipper Zero. Uh, okay, okay. or a 3d printer, any one of those items. <laughs> and you could pass off as Brian. Young. I mean, we wear the same glasses. We have the same beard. I could replace you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you, if, if, um, you know what, let's, let's start a social media trend. Um, <laughs> hashtag the Brian Young starter pack picture of you with any two of those three items a dunkin donuts coffee uh we will not accept starbucks sorry that doesn't um, count that doesn't that doesn't count um a flipper zero or a 3d printer um anyone any any two of those items with the hashtag brian young starter pack on twitter <laughs> i'm i'm really hoping this takes off i don't I, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up too high, but <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, or just email it to us at hello at compt.show because that would make my day. Um, well, thank you for that, Tom. I uh, also, <laughs> we have an update on the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the saga that has been my car. Um, I was listening to the last episode that we just published, which was the DDoS uh, episode. and. I realized that I owe you an update, or at least our audience an update, on what has been going on with the green Taurus SHO. And I am, I'm sad to say that the car has been replaced. It is no longer. It was just too much. Um, but we ended up, my wife ended up benefiting from this uh, drastically. She got herself a, a brand new uh, Ford Bronco Sport in the... Uh, the legendary, uh, I think they call it Robin's Egg Blue. Uh, so she's happy. I'm happy. Happy wife equals happy life. And uh, a good word I learned from my pastor years ago is unhappy wife equals knife. And I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so words words to live by. Um, awesome, Tom. Great to see you. And, of course, we have a special guest today. My colleague and friend, Paul Jones. Paul, pleasure to yes. have you on here, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And if anyone needs a leg up on the uh, Brian Young starter kit, I do have a 3D printer for sale. <laughs> Whoa, listen. Hey, <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep the, uh, the personal, you know, sale. Just getting it out there. You know, you're, next thing, in the market. you're, you're going to be talking about, you know, your Etsy shop and your, uh, your wife's woodworking business and, and all that. And like, this is, this is not the topic of discussion today. Damn it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Save that to the end. If you want to know. So why are we here? <laughs> 
well, we're here to talk about email, and you're my email oh. guy. You're the, you're the guy that I go to when we're talking okay. about email. So, um, oh, fine, we'll do that then. <laughs> so it's a good backup plan. It, it, it's a good backup plan. We'll we'll talk about the woodworking in the Etsy shop later. Uh, definitely want to give that a plug because uh, I've seen some of the some of the woodwork you guys have done, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. So um, I just still have to figure out what I want to buy. Um, but Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first and sure. uh, what you do here at Cisco and uh, your history here? Sure. Um, so Paul Jones. Uh, so I have the same role you do, Brian. I'm a TSA for the, a, a region up here in the Northeast. Um, I'm about to hit 10 years at Cisco and nine of those I was focused on email, uh, email security, the email products. Um, with a bit of web and cloud web and endpoint along the way, but primarily email for the last nine or so years. Um, I've been in the security space for 20 some years now. I, I actually came from the UK to the US with my past employer who who said, hey, who wants to open a Boston office? And I shoved my hand in the air as quick as I could and uh, never went home. And that was 2002. So I've been here uh, 21 years. Um, but yeah, here at Cisco, it's been mostly email, and then I switched over to do same as you guys and you know generalist security for the last uh, for the last what just over a year now. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember I remember when you uh, came on, I was like, ooh, I'm not the 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 newest the guy on the team anymore. I didn't actually last very long. <laughs> it was like what six months, and there you were. I'm like, oh. All right. Well, I'm just moving yeah. up in They security, can hire another you know? new guy, and then I don't have to be the newbie anymore. It'd be, yeah. it'd be nice. Not, not, not happening. Not happening. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna keep you at newbie status, even if we do hire someone else. <laughs> so, so Paul, you've been, you've been doing the, the email thing for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: um, Why is email such, you know, a, a, a big concern? I mean, it's a technology that's been around pretty much as long as the internet has been. Why, yep. why, why haven't we gotten it right <laughs> in general? Because it's been around as long as the internet has been. No one's really done anything to fix its inherent problems, yeah. right? It's, it's, a, it's a very mature technology that has holes you can drive a bus through. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've said this so many times, I get sick in the face. It's the number one threat vector. It's where the vast majority of any attack that comes to a customer is, is going to come from. Um, and the technologies to stop it are very mature technologies, but they're very reactive technologies in a lot of times. Um, so as hackers or attackers are looking for ways to get into businesses or exploit users, um, it's really easy for them to bypass what a lot of products can offer and what a lot of um, security technologies can offer in, in email itself. So we've had Cisco acquired iImport back before I was at Cisco. So um, and, and iImport's a, a very mature, very effective tool, but the hackers only need to win once. They only need one email to get clicked on, one link to come through, one phishing attack to land in an inbox, um, and they consider that a success, whereas you know, the security providers have to block every single last one of them, and that's a, that's a, a big ask. It's a difficult job. Yeah, that, and, and that's really what it boils down to, is it, it just takes one to get through the cracks. Yep. And, you know, I like your analogy of it's got holes big enough for a bus to drive through and all we need is for one to get through the cracks. It's pretty, pretty easy to do um, when you have such gaping holes there. Um, 
Now we did not you and I, but um, the podcast did an episode covering email security back in pff, looks like October of 2019. So episode 21, where we actually sat down with uh, Clark Caparelli, another member of our team that that Paul and I mm-hmm. work with, um, to talk about the email email security. And at the time, our biggest focus was around basically what came from the Ironport acquisition, which was uh, an email gateway device, a device that basically filtered in and out the emails coming through it. And as the name gateway implies, it was only messages that went in and out, probably of the, the server, of the domain, but of course it did kind of leave that gaping hole of the internal emails and what happens when you've got device uh, emails going from um, one user to the other within the network. Um, And of course, I think a lot of times the answer was you could kind of redirect it to go out and come back in. Um, And there was a ton of of cool features there, but it sounds like, um, you know, what we're talking about today with email threat defense is a separate product. It's a, it's a different um, solution to that. So I'd like mm-hmm. to kind of go into, you know, I think we know why we needed to do something, something else, or I have a different offering, but can we go into kind of, um, the different methods here and, and, you know, how, how it works? Yeah. So uh, you're right. For, for years, email security was considered a gateway solution. You, yeah. you put it in front of everything else and it filtered everything that came in and everything that left. Um, and, and did its job. And, it, and it's still a product that many, many people rely on. It's a very mature product with a ton of bells and whistles and configurations and nerd knobs to, to tune and tweak and redirect and do all the things you need your email gateway to do. Um, but in the early 2020 period, um, late 2019, early 2020, we released a product that is now called Email Threat Defense. It's had a couple of different names along the way. Um, and this was a product that was designed to sit instead of it in front of everything it was designed to mix into everything so specifically microsoft 365 or 0365 back then um, tenants so it was designed to sit next to your email instead of in front and that gave it the ability to see not only what came in and out but also what was being sent between people, between your tenants, between your users, between your mailboxes, um, which was a level of visibility we didn't really have um, from, from a gateway solution. Um, and then, of course, March 2020 happened, and everybody went home, and everybody went cloud, and the idea of doing everything in the cloud exploded. So we have this product now that sits in the cloud, that monitors your cloud, and suddenly was getting an awful lot of attention, an awful lot of um, uh, deployments, um, and, and it was just the right place at the right time for, for that kind of tool. Um, and so at launch, it was designed to be really simple and almost supplemental to what you were already doing at a gateway. But very quickly, we realized that with the amount of people at home and the amount of people who are now suddenly panicking and going cloud with their mail environment would take an exchange into O365, that this could be a standalone product, it could do everything that it needed to do, and it's still much simpler than a gateway solution. If if you need to do really fine control over mail, you want a gateway. But if you just need to protect the inbox, if you just need to stop bad stuff getting to users, then email threat defense is is really useful for that. Um, and, and really well placed to to do that. 
Now, you mentioned the integration with Office 365. Um, is that is that the only one that we integrate with today? So at launch, it was just O365. Um, Gmail is still not integrated fully or, or integrated, but it's on its way. Um, but we do now use our own gateway solutions as a, a sender or as a, as, a, as a relay for mail. So if you don't have O365, you can still use it and relay mail off your existing Cisco gateway to ETD, email thread defense. So if you've got, um, if you want that internal visibility, or if you just want to send incoming mail, you can do both. You can pick and choose. So the Google uh, integration is something that's been asked for. It's been roadmapped. It's been worked on. Um, you know, a lot of schools need that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's time. not there yet, but almost every time we have a, a BU level conversation, it's brought up, it's been worked on, it's on its way. It's just not here today. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah. So it, it sounds like they, you can look at something like ETD and uh, gateway, whether that's what we would call CES, which is the cloud hosted or ESA, mm -hmm. which is basically the same thing, but it's an appliance virtual or physical that lives in your environment. Um, so it sounds like these two can kind of work together and complement each other when they need yep. to, but it sounds like if you're an Office 365 customer, the CES or ESA piece might seem redundant com compared to what uh, Office 365 is doing. Would you agree so, with that or no? No. <laughs> so ba back in the, the day of, of early release of the product, it was designed to supplement what O365 was already doing. So So Microsoft... Um, they're always trying to be a security uh, involved in the security piece, right? But ultimately, their their speciality isn't in the security layer. So they'll do antivirus and anti-spam, and and those are very well known, um, well understood technologies. Right. But when it comes to targeted phishing or spear phishing or ransomware emails or spoofed emails um, or the, the general layer of email security that goes beyond is this spam and if, is this a Viagra email or does this have a virus attached to it? Um, that's where ETD was originally placing itself was to say, you already do this in O365, so why don't we just do it with these other engines, with these other, other technologies? Um, since then, we have added antivirus and anti-spam in there, so it, it does the whole range. So even if you don't have the Microsoft stuff turned on, we, we will still be there. Um, but it's also independent of the gateway. So while it can work with CES and ESA, um, it can also work with other products. If you've got another product rolled out, if you have a competitor product rolled out, and you want that internal visibility, or even just that second layer of, of eyeballs on your mail flow... Um, you can roll ETD out alongside anyone else at the gateway level, um, and and add that Talos, you know, uh, uh, intelligence that comes with the Cisco products, and and put that layer on top of whoever else you're doing. And that's not to say that they're missing stuff, but the nature of email is everybody misses stuff at some point. Um, mm. If you, every analyst will tell you we block ninety nine point nine 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 percent of known spam, and it's that. 0.0001% that's the one that gets you in trouble. So we can roll out really quickly, sit on top of anyone and give you that extra, extra player. Nice. You mentioned the Viagra email and I'm, I'm curious, yeah. you know, obviously something like, <laughs> wait, what? I didn't buy any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Cialis man myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I'm going to cut all of that. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the Viagra email, and I'm I'm curious because the um, you know obviously emails are always getting through, right? And re- regardless of yep. of what you have, I mean, it's it's very rare that in my Cisco email do I see anything, and I I have to admit, considering you know I've been with the company now for seven years, I get tons of emails mm-hmm. but there is I, I can probably count i don't even know if i could even count on one hand because i don't think it would get to one the number yeah. of times i've gotten you know a, a, a spam message a viagra email whatever I, I i just don't get them so yeah. obviously i imagine it's because we're eating our own dog food here and probably a mix of the yeah. two a hybrid environment um but I'm curious when it comes to kind of switching between reactive and proactive, what is really, what's, what's the secret sauce behind email threat defense and in terms of kind of what's giving it that extra one up to be able to determine, Hey, this is probably not a business related. This is probably something that they're not going to want in their inbox. So, there's a couple of pieces there. When uh, when you started talking about things like the Viagra email, those are traditional spam. Right. And that's been something that every security organization has been investigating and researching for 20 plus years, right? And and there's all kinds of engines under the skin of every product and research teams and honeypots and ways to look at what is flagging this as being a piece of spam. The trick is separating the stuff that doesn't look like spam because spam's easy to catch these days but what about the phishing email that doesn't look like spam that the phishing email that looks like somebody sent you a document and they want you to log into o365 to open that document um your boss is emailing you saying buy me these gift cards and send them to this address i need them in the next hour um the the phishing emails that are much much harder to catch um so what what they did with etd was and and I hate using the term because it's such a trendy term today, but it's really been around for a lot longer, which is is AI, right? The the AI, AI layer. Tom, we have there never talked about it's, AI on this show. No, not once. If you if you guys haven't heard about it, you may want to Google that. You know, you a, might find it on a, Google. How do you spell it again? A, AI with, with an A and an I. Yeah. A Y E E Y E. No, nailed it. Okay. Um, <laughs> AI. <laughs> so so we've we've had machine learning and AI engines in Talos forever. Um, we've used a lot of those engines to say, what makes this email look like phishing? Um, who did it come from? How did it route? What's in the body? What are in the headers? What's in the subject? What are the links? Where do they go? And inside ETD, we'll actually build you a picture and we'll say, here's an email that came from this person to this person. And here are flags in this email that make us think this is wrong. So maybe the reply to and the from address are different. That's a flag. That doesn't mean it's malicious. They could just have their mailbox set up weirdly, but it is a flag. Right. Um, the URL might be going to you know, Microsoft.de and you're in North America, or it might be going to something with a misspelling. Inherently, that's not bad. Maybe they just misspelled the URL, but put that in there as a flag as well. So we start building these flags and the, the AI engines and the machine learning stuff underneath uses all the various 
flags and markers and, and investigates all the different things in the mail to come up with a picture and say, this mail is probably a threat. This mail is probably a phishing email. This mail is probably a spoofed mail. Or this mail is marketing. Or this mail is spam. Or this mail does have viruses in it. And these are the things that ETD will then build a policy to say, I don't want those going to my inbox, or I don't want them left in my inbox, move them to trash, move them to junk, move them to an archive folder, delete them entirely. Um, and that's based on your risk aversion and your, your company's profile, right? What, whatever you want to do with them. Um, but these, um, we talked about this earlier, but we, we recently acquired uh, uh, armor blocks, um, Cisco. They've just announced uh, that we're acquiring Armor Blocks, and they're a machine learning company, and they've been doing it for a decade. But that's all behind the scenes um, technologies that will go into Talos. I would imagine, I, I haven't been consulted, but my guess is that what Armor Blocks is doing will go into Talos research and what they look at. And email is going to be a huge beneficiary of that because it's stuff we've already been doing, but this is, you know, adding to the technology stack and adding to that layer of looking at mail, looking at incoming stuff and saying what's good, what's bad and why, and then taking action on it. Interesting. So was ETD developed in-house? I mean, the way, the way that it stands today. Yep. So this, this is not part of an acquisition. This was something that, that we felt the need to develop and yep. just started doing hundred percent in-house. Yep. This is, uh, I, it's it's unusual for Cisco, I know, but yeah, uh, yeah this this was a one hundred percent in house development. It was brought up as a bit of a skunkworks project in twenty eighteen nineteen um, by people in the BU, by people on the product management team, um, and they developed this as a as a tool. Um, and like I say, initially it started with the idea of let's augment what you already have, but then with the pandemic and the huge shift to cloud it very, very quickly became this, oh, wait, we have a really good opportunity to turn a, a Skunkworks supplemental product into somebody's actual full-blown mail solution, and let's let's go that path. And that's where it's been for the last, what, we have three years now, three and a bit years yeah. um, since then. Yeah, 100% in-house. Wow. And, and let me ask you this, because, I mean, you know, just trying to wrap my head around it, right, because I know that we have – Obviously, let's 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 say I'm a I'm a customer and I have um, Office 365. Now I know there's some packages that come in with built-in email security. Um, yep. Obviously, it's in the cloud. I don't have an on-prem Exchange server. Maybe before I switched over to Office 365, I had uh, an ESA appliance, Ironport appliance, whatever. You know, what are kind of the different and suggested um, kind of mixes of of security when it comes to the ces esa email threat defense um the offering with with microsoft what are kind of the the, the different options and and maybe pros and cons of, of of doing it that way the simplest option is always to stay with what microsoft offer you mm -hmm. and that will give you antivirus and anti-spam and you know a few other little bits of mail security but the vast majority of environments have very quickly found that that doesn't give them the security they need. Um, they need something more than simply block spam, block malware. They need a lot more detail than Cause that. Because that's only looking um, at things like maybe the um, the SPF record on the domain that's coming from and matching if the... Potentially not even that. Not even I mean, that they'll, they'll look at, does it have an attachment? And is that attachment viral? Um, does it have 
Viagra in it? Is it trying to sell you something? And is it spammy? Um, and beyond that, uh, I I haven't dug into it recently, but they're always adding to it because right. obviously that's a path they want to go down. But primarily it's a, a very straightforward, very traditional, is this spam? Is this viral? Don't let it go through. Um, and the layers and the nuances that say, what are the SPF records? What are the, the DKIM certificates? Did it pass DMARC? Um, is it spoofed? Does it have a link in it? What does that link do? Those layers don't really happen in the Microsoft world okay. directly. And so that's where ETD comes in. Um, it's a, a of, of, I've deployed a lot of Cisco products in the last decade, and this is, with the potential exception of Umbrella, one of the easiest products to deploy because you, you have a tenant, you point a journal rule at it, and it's now working. And it's that simple. It's, it's, there's a three-minute video on YouTube that walks you through start to finish the entire process in real time and has time for an introduction and an exit speech. It's a really, really fast uh, <laughs> uh, setup process for, for ETD. Um, so once it's up and running, you're there. You've got visibility into your mail. You've got access to your policies for saying what you want the mail to do. And all these extra things are just on. There's no super nuanced, super detailed policy setting here. It's it's what am I looking for? What do I do when I see it? Do I do out an inbound, outbound of my internal mail? And you're done. Job done. Wow. So it's really quick and easy to get going. But that's where the gateway comes in. What if you're an environment that needs to have my HR team running with a different policy to my sales team? What if my CEOs need something really strict and my tech support guys need something a bit more lax so they can receive bigger emails um, what if i want to control file types what if i want to control the scoring of a url and what i do with an email based on how the url was scored those are the nuances and the fine details that you're going to want a gateway product for um, because you know i imports had a couple of decades of maturity and policy building and and granularity baked right into it yeah yeah yeah, I think I think that's kind of the the, the starkest um, differences between CES. Uh, I, I will we'll yeah. call it we'll call it Ironport, just for simplicity, because CES and ESA are. I don't know if we're allowed to call it Ironport anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about traditional email security products? From there we go. <laughs> gateway. Cisco call it Gateway. It's Cisco Secure Email. Cisco Secure. It is. Yeah, that's there was true. a rebranding, what, a year ago, and it's Cisco Secure Email is the uh, official term, I think. So Cisco Secure Email versus Email Threat Defense. Those are the, big, the biggest differences really are going to be, you know, you're going to have a ton of those nerd knobs and setup. And also, I remember yeah. from onboarding a few people um, into um, ESA and, and, and CES that a lot of those things needed to be tweaked. Like it, it, it yep. was, I, I, it was a lot of work to get, to get things up and running. It, it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of like firepower, right? Like you, you want to go or sorry, Cisco secure firewall, right? You want to go and Jesus. get uh, a, <laughs> Hey, you know, keep up, Brian, the, the, <laughs> the post-it note with all the changes fell off my monitor. Yeah. Drop in for, for endpoints while you're at it. <laughs> Well, hey, what, if, well, do you even know what Landcope is there, Tom? I do. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I, I kind of want to compare the two. Like you've got, you've got um, yeah. uh, secure email. I, you know, the CES ESA piece. It's kind of like secure firewall or firepower. 
versus, uh, you know, ETD is kind of the Moroccification of it, right? It's yeah. in the cloud. It's easy. Very simple interface. I mean, I remember uh, I've set up a, a Don't time. get confused because secure email can be deployed in the cloud too. You know what, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> See? <clears throat> I know it can be in the cloud. I'm saying the nerd <laughs> I know, knobs. I know. Jeez, you know what? You you, you have been taken out of the uh, the the Brian Young Starter Pack Club. <laughs> throw throw away your coffee right now. I, I gotta go get Starbucks <laughs> just, now. Just chuck it behind you. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying now. Okay, yeah. So Moroccanification, simple to use. I remember Paul. Yeah. I had I had set up like an hour with you to be like, hey, listen, like yep. show me ETD. Like you know, I said I got yep. I got ready. I had my my notepad. <laughs> Twelve minutes. My, yeah, we were done, dude. I was I was like, wait, that's it? Like. He's like, yeah, but it, yeah. it does it all. Like, it, it's super it simple, and of course, and and they've because it's a hundred percent cloud first. They've also got a really fast development cycle for right. features. Yep. So when they want to add something, it's out two weeks later, a month later. Whereas on the gateway side, it's got a twenty-year history to it. It's got multiple release versions. It needs to support multiple appliances, virtual appliances, be right. hosted in the cloud. So when a new version is released on the gateway side, the process of getting stuff in there, bugs fixed in that, is a much more kind of old school, traditional process to right. go through. Um, and that's that's fine. I mean, there's there's always, oh, as long as I can remember, there's always been this project to make the GUI more up to date, to bring new features in. Um, and I think it's, we're at the point now with the gateway product that if we change the GUI, we'll have all the old school iInport admins screaming in, you know, in, in fury because they love it so much. They're so familiar with it. Yep. I'm sure the firewall uh, world is a similar world where they get very attached to things like the interface. Yeah. Um, whereas ETD was built ground up to be run from a cloud tenant in your browser and really simple, um, you know, and arguably too simple. We, I'd love to see a few more things in there that let you be a bit more granular, but, you know, that's the world that it's shooting for is people who want to set it up Set some configurations, just leave it alone yeah. and not play with it. And that's, that's you know, the world of email wasn't like that until a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, to, to that point, do we think, you know, do we think over time we're going to start to see more of those gateway-like features probably make its way in? Or are we going to try to keep it as simple as possible um, you know, without muddying the water too much? Because my, my, my only, I guess my only hang up there, right, is... Eh, the naming convention right alone kind of makes it difficult, right? Like, yes, yeah. secure email can be deployed in the cloud in Cisco's data centers, but it's not the same as a cloud-first tool. Which cloud? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, and because I've, I've had a few conversations with customers, you know, who are secure email customers now and have been asking about, you know, the uh, the newer offering. And it's, it, it, I guess it really just comes down to, to, right, to our point is, is, do you need the nerd knobs or not? Or... There are right. things in, in that product, right, that can certainly supplement the gateway, which is great. But, you mm -hmm. know, it, it, it's just a matter of whether do you find that um, important enough to, to for the extra spend, right? So Right. And, and I think it's if you know very quickly talking to customers whether they need the gateway or not. Right. Um, if, if they start talking about how they need to control the flow of mail, if they need to set themselves up with outbound DMARC, if they need to, you know, have different levels of policy for different levels of user and have role-based access to the GUI. And if the, if people are going down that path, 
that's a pretty clear indication right up front that they're going to want a gateway solution because they want those level of that level of control over their mail flow. They they see the mail as something they need to manage and and utilize. Whereas ETD is a security layer on top of mail. It's not there to say your HR team are different to your sales team, are different to the C-levels. Um, it, it's there to say, don't let bad stuff land in inboxes um, and be really straightforward. And, and to your question, will there be more features from the gateway come to ETD? Probably. Um, you know, it's, it's a very active, fast development cycle in the world of ETD. We've recently seen features come in that allow you to create high-priority user lists so they get a little bit more aggressive monitoring. If you're, you know, you can put a C- CEO's email address in there, and it will do more stuff on their mailbox, or be more aggressive with the results it gets on their mailbox. Um, so there are things coming down like that, but I, I don't know that it will ever become the gateway solution or replacement for the gateway. Um, they're doing a lot of interesting things with the APIs between the two, so. ETD has more engines or more different engines than the gateway does in a lot of cases. It used, utilizes the, the machine learning engines in different ways and, and generates the different results. Um, whereas the gateway can obviously use things like the incoming connection that your ETD environment never sees because nothing ever connects to it other than Microsoft. Sure. Um, so the gateway has different data to the ETD solution. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things happening on the API side that will let them share data, maybe leverage the data. I don't, I haven't dug into that in super deep detail yet, but um, will it replace it? Maybe not, but they're certainly going to be a lot more entwined um, in the future. So the, what you're saying is the gateway isn't dead. Oh, absolutely. No, with this, there are people who absolutely, there are customer you know, customer types out there who need that level of control with the gateway. Um, and, and I import such a, I keep saying mature technology, it's it's 20 years old, it's been around a long time. There's people who have entire careers are, are wrapped around it. So when it comes to controlling mail flow, they know how to do it in iImport far easier than they can do it in Exchange um, or in some other mail solution. They, they can just go and create a content filter, go and create a mail filter, a message filter. Um, create a new policy and, and it's super quick and easy to do uh, something that would be quite tricky to do within within exchange the analogy you just used like uh, the gateway isn't dead it's similar to similar to the firewall right people thought with all these new things coming yep. out right oh the firewall's dead all this new next gen stuff yeah, but the reality is you still need that firewall in a lot of cases uh, you know but it probably still needs a motor on the castle it. Right. Even with umbrella, all that stuff. I mean, you know, you still need something to protect the edge and it's, it's going to give you the most nerd knob. So it's a very similar, uh, similar analogy. Yeah. And, and people are, you know, resistant to change, right? If they've used the firewall, used the gateway solution forever. If, if their job has email admin in the title, um, they're not going to want the easy solution. They, they've built a world around this complex gateway that can do a lot of different things. Right. Um, and has a place, uh, and even if that place is just job security, um, so ETDs there, you know, it, it's. I think right up front we saw it as a small business solution, people who needed a quick and easy extra layer of security. But you know, it's it's proven itself time and time again. There's some plenty of big enterprises using it now, and like I say, often to augment something they already have, um, but sometimes just alongside O365 or Microsoft 365. Uh, as a as a layer of security just to supplement that and then they don't use something at the gateway because they find they don't need it necessarily not really 
Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know the 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 if you changed the UI, the uh, the hardcore Ironport users would probably revolt. I remember yeah. I had a customer that was interested in our email security offering, and this was years ago, uh, probably about probably about six years ago now, and uh, we were talking to him like, yeah, yeah, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this, and we brought up a demo, and he goes, hold on a minute. This looks really familiar to our old iron ports. I said, yeah, it basically is. There's a reason. He goes, we ha- we used to have iron port. We loved it. Like the demo's over, like whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll buy it. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so yeah. you got, got some hardcore fans coming from the, uh, the iron yeah. port days, which, uh, I used to joke that the, in the decade I was at Cisco, the only thing that changed to the GUI was we changed the shade of blue. <laughs> um, you know, and that, and that was it. And, and other than adding things, that's pretty true. They yeah. we did have a a new GUI release at one point that was being worked on. And, and even now, if you open up the dashboard, there's a banner at the top that says "Check out the new GUI," and it's been there about five years. So it's it's not the new GUI anymore. And it's you know, I don't know what the plans are for that for the ETD for integrating with ETD. If they're just going to put an ETD front end and slap an API on it, I don't know. But mm. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on to integrate them. It's definitely, definitely not something we're getting rid of or moving away from. Um, you know, it's a it's a very, very actively developed solution, um, and ETD is just there to sit next to it. Yeah, because you mentioned with the gateway solution, right? It's it's looking at a lot. It, it it's able to have access to a lot more of the information on the connection, the yeah. inbound connection, right? And anyone that understands how email works right from the initial mx lookup in the in the dns uh records and the connection to that server right and the handshakes and everything all of that is going to be seen and subsequently controlled by the secure email platform whether that's appliance-based cloud-based whatever it's going to be controlled and 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 seen by that the email threat defense doesn't see it because it's of course Correct. its method of gaining the information is through journaling out of currently office 365 so yeah. it's not going to see that that connection information it's not going to be able to make any real determination based on that the assumption is that if it got through that phase whatever that that is whether it's the secure email or um you know the office 365's uh you know filters and stuff there that okay well it it passed through that so that piece of it's okay i'm just going to focus on what i can see which is things like headers message content links um stuff like that and i think that's where this kind of and and keep me honest here paul it to me obviously there's there's you mentioned there's a lot of engines but a lot of it seems like a lot of it's behavioral and heuristics based and that's where that's yeah, where the ETD AI piece comes in. Yeah, the, it's it's looking not only at what's in the message, but how the message is routing through an environment. Um, who got it? Who sent it? What's their relationship to each other? Um, what has it been in the past? You know, do they email each other often? Do they not email each other ever? Is this the first one? Um, yeah, back in the day, the gateway, the the connection point or the point of connection when when an incoming mail server was sending mail to you. That point of connection used to be like the number one place to stop incoming threats because we would look at that with our gateway solution and we'd say this incoming IP 
Um, we have a reputation for that. It's it's located in Russia. It's been seen to send spam emails out of Talos, and we would give it a scale. We'd say minus 10 to plus 10. Uh, we call it the sender-based reputation. And years ago, it used to be that that alone would block 80% of bad incoming stuff, 70%. Um, if we saw that in the 60% range, that was considered low, and we'd need to tweak the ranges a little bit. But you know, you would expect to see that block purely on the incoming IP address. Um, that hasn't been the case for a while now. The attackers know not to use bad IPs. They will host tenants in O365 or Gmail or wherever. Um, they'll mask, they'll route them through different locations. They'll, they'll do all kinds of tricks to make sure the, the incoming connecting IP is, is fine clean. or yeah. seen as fine. So then all the other stuff now comes in. Um, and that's where... Is the sender a bad domain? What's in the mail? Where's the URLs going? Does it have a file? What's the file? Is it zero-day malware? Is it known malware? You know, all the content inspection layers come in. Um, and yeah, with ETD, on top of the content stuff, but also the behavioral. Um, did this come in to 100 people at once? Did it come to one? Has they, have they communicated back and forth before? You know, all that kind of layer, layered stuff that the gateway can't see because right. it's not connected inside O365 um, come in. I'm glad you mentioned the, the did it go to 100 people because I, that was going to be my next question, especially on the internal side. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we mentioned this before about the gateway is that unless you've got some pretty – how do I, a, a little bit of duct tape, right? Some, some duct tape and WD-40 and you've kind of tweaked it to be able to send uh, internal messages through the gateway to come out and come back in again. The gateway device is not going to generally see emails uh, internally. And I remember yep. in my previous role as a network admin for a local school district, we ran into an issue once where a single user's, um, email, uh, their, their account was compromised. Of course, as a school district, we're in Google Apps. And that person sent out an email to pretty much everyone asking them to go. I, I don't even, it was some type of phishing email. I don't remember mm -hmm. if it was to buy cards or whatever, but basically um, the problem was that we were also on vacation, which did not help. So I just had to pretty much reset everyone's password. And we had no means of being able to reset your password from outside of the network, which was fun. But I digress. <clears throat> In this case, you know, a single user's account was compromised. A login was successful. The email was sent not from a spoofed address, not from a bad IP. It all stayed within within mm -hmm. this, the email system itself. But you're telling me that uh, ETD in place, obviously, let's scratch the part that it's not available on Google Apps yet. This was in an Office 365 environment. The ETD in place, looking at things like the content of the message, whether it's, you know, yeah. hey, I need you to go here. It has some urgency to it. It was the same message was sent to 500 people and included a link to a bit.ly address and, you know, yeah. or stuff like those kind of things would all throw those flags that when kind of measured against and, and compared to would... Yeah flag and 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 cause the system to take action on that email um well it's it's one of those things sending an email to 500 people might be entirely business legitimate right you might be hr sending out a reminder there's a vacation on monday um and that's fine there's nothing wrong with sending an email to 500 people 
But if you're a new person to the environment, or if you're a, a spoofed incoming address, and you're sending an email to 500 recipients, if you put everybody on the CC line instead of the BCC line, and if your body of your mail has a bit.ly link where that's unusual for your mail, those will all be red flags. Mm. And there's a solid chance that ETD will say, yep, that's enough, that's that's enough. I'm going to take this email that's in people's inboxes, move it to their trash folder. It's gone. It's out of their visibility. They don't see it anymore. It's in the trash. And you as an admin could go, you know what? That was HR. They sent it from home instead of their work address. They're idiots. <laughs> Let's recover it. So you can go and search the subject, select them all, and you can say, move back to inbox. And DTD, because it's integrated into O365, can do that remediation stuff on the fly. So it will just move them right back put them back in people's inboxes and the user doesn't really know that for five minutes it was sitting in their trash folder. That's, that's cool. Maybe Tom, maybe that's what happened to that email that, uh, my, my <laughs> test email that, that didn't get back. Paul, you laugh. I, I, we, we were have we had a, we had a fan that reached out and emailed yeah. the, uh, uh, the hello at comfy.show address. And Tom was like, Oh, did you see it? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. And it, it never arrived to me <laughs> for some reason. Uh, it, Did it go through ETD? I I assume we have it. I, I, the problem is I, I couldn't I couldn't tell. So I sent a test email to myself for my Gmail account, and mm -hmm. it took what fifteen minutes for it to come in. Yeah, something like and that. the timestamps were yeah. all off. Like I was like, huh, that's really weird because Gmail yeah. said that it sent at eleven eighteen, and and uh, Outlook said that it received it at eleven twenty five. I'm like. That's that's very strange. So I, I wonder if it got if it just got held up because it's it's a forwarding address that goes to my Maybe. my uh, my Cisco account. So so the the unsung hero of ETD is I've I've sold ETD to customers based purely on the strength of its automatic and manual remediation. Mm -hmm. So not hey we'll give you extra security, but hey you can go and select something and say move to trash and it will just go and do it mm. quicker than you can do in exchange quicker than you can write a shell script to do it you can just search for a keyword a sender a subject line a file name select it move to trash done it's gone out of everyone's inboxes it's in the trash can super or helpful if hr accidentally sends payroll information to yeah, the entire company exactly if hr email in from their personal gmail account instead of their company <laughs> account and screw up and <laughs> yeah you can recover and remediate and that process is is an unsung hero because to do that in exchange is shell script territory it's it's yeah. a pain yeah, that's fine so to just open a dashboard search for the file name that you're currently tinkering with in maybe your soccer doing some research into a file shot well, go search for that file, mm. find it, and then tell move to in, move to trash. Maybe it's not malicious at all. That's why it's in their inbox. But your sock think there's a threat there, so they they say, hey, go take care of this. Um, and and that's not even talking about integrating with SecureX, integrating with the upcoming XDR, the automations that you can write around it. Um, that's all there as well. Um, which you know, if if that's the direction a company's gone down, then it's super super useful. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the remediation piece because that was my next my next question is because we're not doing the um because we're not doing the 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 kind of single pass through gateway piece, right? And this mm -hmm. was actually something we had talked about with Clark back on episode twenty one, where we did have at the time we were introducing and, and, and leveraging APIs to be able to go in and retroactively yep. pull an email out of someone's mailbox, which was awesome. Uh, but uh, yep. the, the problem with a gateway device in general, whether it's a firewall or any other type of gateway, is that it's, for the most part, 
single pass. You have to make that decision on the way. And of course, with email, you know, you can go ahead and say, hey, you know what? I want you to run some extra tests on this. Maybe check, look up the file hash. Maybe it's not, it's not something that's been seen before. So let's upload that file up to, uh, to ThreatGrid and uh, blow it up and see what happens. So let's hold on to that yep. email for 10, 15 minutes because it's, it's not that big of a deal if it's held on to. Whereas, of course, you know, you don't really have that option when you're using a firewall and you're holding on to web traffic for 15 minutes. Um, but with email, you can do that. So I, I love that we had that capability, but now yeah. we're going in and, and being able to do whatever we want to that email, move it to the trash, move it back into the inbox um, from from this tool. And because we have that direct journaling and API integrations with um, Office 365, we are doing it right to their mailbox in, in, in real time. Yeah. Well, and, and we're in a day now where um, phishing is a there are cloud based phishing as a service solutions. Yep. Um, Talos announced uh, uh, over the winter period, I think, one called Greatness, um, and this is a business focused phishing solution that's designed to send email that does not look, act, or behave in any malicious manner whatsoever. It sends a, a HTML file to somebody, and that HTML file has a O365 login. And as far as the user's concerned, I'm being sent a file, I'll log in, I'll get my file. But in reality, what's happening is this phishing as a service is sitting in the middle and it intercepts their login. It presents them with a login screen that has the banners and their pre-filled email address. Everything looks legit, but then it intercepts their, their credentials. So like and then when they, even if they, yeah. And even if they 2FA in, it intercepts the certificate and now they can get into your, your O365 tenant. So it's a legitimate official fool the user looking email that's designed to also fool any security solution because there's nothing inherently wrong with it necessarily um but etd will see that come in and say hey that's a html file that's a bit weird mm. um the url is going somewhere we know is bad because obviously talos have done the research they know this url is bad um what's at that url oh it's a 0365 login let's not let that email sit in their inbox and we'll just dump it in the trash can get it right out of there um, so each one of those will be a marker for that mail, and then the automatic remediation comes in and takes care of it. Um, so users in in practice, users don't ever see anything in their inbox. In in reality, emails might sit in there for a second. Mm. Usually, before they get a desktop notification, it's already been taken care of if it's a threat. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's really quick. Wow, wow, no it. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I remember kind of seeing this come up and, and come into fruition in 2019 and, you know, not really sure where it was going to kind of fit. And I think in the, yeah. in the beginning, there was a little bit of question there, you know, from a broader audience within Cisco of where it was going to kind of fit. Was it going to, you know... We already have a solution. Why do we need another one? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and I think, you know, as you said, the... Uh, the rush to remote work that happened with COVID and everything else, it kind of found its niche there and, and, and really yeah. has, has it, been shining. It spawned an industry as well. Um, yep. Back then the analysis, the, um, you know, Gartner and, and all the various analysts were looking at email as a mature technology that they didn't need to keep researching. Like there hasn't been a magic quadrant on email security for a long time, but when everyone went cloud, um, all these other small startups and, and big vendors started putting out 
similar style solutions, um, plug straight into O365 type solutions, and they all do it in slightly different ways. And um, it, you know, for uh, it, it's a case where we can actually say, well, we were here first because this is something we put on market. I want to say it was like February 2020. It was officially released. And it was in beta testing through 2019, and I remember it as a Skunkworks project before that. So it's it's a case where we can say, look, we we were here first. We've got this solution. We've developed it. We've got a, a roadmap ahead of us. We've got you know a runway behind us that's got stuff on it. Um, you know, it's it's a solid solid tool. Uh, and uh, as long as you got O365 to plug it in, um, you're going to get a lot more flexibility than you do today in in Exchange. Wow. Awesome stuff. It's it's impressive to see that we are still working on the largest attack vector, um, and it's 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 important. It's it's just it's depending not whose away. numbers you use. There's something like three and a half billion phishing emails a day Jesus. out there. So, I mean, and they don't all have to hit. Just just one of them hit a business. Just one. It just they're takes exploiting one. the human factor, right? It's how do you how do you fix the human factor? A phishing email that looks like it's coming from your boss that has a link to a service you expect to be using. Um, you click it, you log in, game over. Wow. Well, you know, the S in email stands for security, right? <laughs> yeah, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> How many of those do you have? <laughs> yeah, many, so you were uh, thinking about work. all night last night? <laughs> no, that one just popped up. I was like, oh man, this would be a great time to put that IoT joke in there. And I'm like... I can do it with email. <laughs> He's been preparing these jokes for the last three hours. Hey, listen, you know, where's, where's my dad? Oh, there it is. My dad, uh, dad joke loading right there. You can't really see if I have a trophy. That's a number one dad trophy too. So yes. Um, no, it, for, for those that didn't get the reference, uh, uh, I had heard this great joke the other day and it said the S in IOT stands for security and Paul got it pretty much right away. Tom was like, I think you need your coffee, Brian. And I'm like, no, I think you need yours. Think about that for a second. So, yes, the S in IoT and the S in, in email, they both stand for security. So, great, great stuff. Tom, uh, any other questions for our amazingly brilliant guest today? No, I think this is great. Got handsome. And uh, yeah, honestly, and handsome. yeah, and handsome. Uh, honestly, email security is <laughs> it's just one of those products where it's just like – you know, to the, to the point it's been around for so long, you almost kind of forget about it, but it's, it's awesome to see mm-hmm. Cisco coming out with something fresh and new and, um, you know, that really developed in house. That's cool. in-house. That is, yeah, in-house. that's not something we can unfortunately say as much lately, but uh, Cisco has been picking up the pace on, on some in-house stuff lately. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see, honestly, not only, what it can do well we obviously talk about what it can do now but where it can go i think that's that's really exciting right we, we've we've taken that whole meraki merakification mentality to a lot of our security products and i think it's just going to make it easier for the you know smaller it departments especially to to you know keep up with the latest and greatest security um for their uh enterprises so yeah I have no idea if he listens, but I'll give a shout out to Usman, who's, uh, whose Skunkworks project this was originally, and he's he's been the driving force for a bunch of years now behind this. So uh, without without him, I don't know we'd be here, but you know we are, and that's you good. Credit him in the uh, LinkedIn post, Brian. I'll I'll, I'll make there sure to go. do that. No, definitely. I think 
you know, and it's <laughs> then he will listen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they, they, you mentioned me. What? <laughs> yeah, at the very and end. Then I'll get emails to whole... tell me all the things I said wrong. Or... <laughs> <laughs> what? Why on earth didn't you have Brian contact me? <laughs> <laughs> I could have done so much better. I, I could have given a much better explanation than you did, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason we wanted Paul here is to give him the opportunity to uh, to, to uh, pl- give a plug for his uh, wife's woodworking business because, uh, <laughs> you know. I thought it was pity. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tom, Tom and I needed needed someone, you know, not as good looking as us to be on the on the YouTube oh, they, video as well. But with so. a beard. The beard was essential. Yeah, we, need, we need the face sweater. Yeah. So. He's, got, yeah, the, no, he's uh, got the accent, though, so. I do. That's, he makes up. He yeah, makes up I mean. Yeah. I, I can say <laughs> any old crap, and as it. long as I do it with an English accent, you know. He sounds brilliant, <laughs> no matter what he says. This whole thing could have been a lie, and I'll take out, I'll, I'll believe everything he says. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, it's not a lie. <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> just, just to please the lords, it's bad enough. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I think it was Paul that said this stupid HR people. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Not not our not, HR, not ours not ours not, not, not ours. our HR, right. just for clarity not ours <laughs> right. yeah yeah someone else generalized all of our customers all them all them <laughs> you know who they are a hypothetical stupid HR department yes. <laughs> why why are you sending emails about payroll stuff from your personal email anyway forget moving it into the inbox I'm going to delete them and disable your account you are now an email prison. Oh, you know, I, it's funny because we, you, we always speaking about email. Everyone's gone through this. Every everyone that's listened to the show that's been in IT that that's either either seen it or had to fight the battles. But the reply to all, you know, I, I <laughs> you know debacles, right? Like you yes. guys, you're, you, I, we actually, I find, like years ago, I came across the group policy that you could edit to disable the reply to all button in Outlook. See, it should be on by default. It yeah. really should, but I, I, I thought about it, I'm like, we could make this group policy reply to all jail and just put people in there and out as we need to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you need to stop doing reply to all and not even tell them because the perfect part yeah. of it was is that, that when you, I tested this policy out, when you, when you, tur- when you put, turned it on, it would just gray out the button. It was there, but you couldn't click it. So it was nice. obvious that it was disabled, but there's no, obviously no way around it. But of course you could just go into webmail. But I was like, man, the, 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 the it's been a while since we've had a, a reply to all storm, but even we suffer from it. I think even we've had a couple of doozies, yeah. but uh, I, I have you really had a good one if it didn't end up on the register. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> well, wasn't it? I think it was we Exxon had- mobile that still has the record. For the largest one, is it? I, th- I think so. I could be wrong, but uh, I- shortly after I joined Cisco, so maybe eight years ago now, I remember we had a doozy that ended up on the register. I was like, "That's how I know I've made it in my career <laughs> is when I work for somewhere that ended up on the register for for its reply to all email storm." <laughs> well, the worst part of it is like when when it happens here, you know, you get the all you know, please remove me from this list, please remove, yep. and it's like, and then you get people like, please stop replying. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, you, you just you can't really do anything. Like it just yep. it gets out of control very quickly. It's been a while. I mi- I've missed one. Would you for one? It's been a while. It, it really has <laughs> been a while. Yeah, we we should be getting one soon. Uh, go ahead and start that one up, Tom. Use your you uh, 
There you go. Use your 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 components from your Brian Young starter pack. Done. Get, <laughs> get an email reply to all storm going. Send it from Brian Young at Cisco. No, 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 not no, no. <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna make get in so much trouble for this episode. But Paul, tell me about your uh, your woodworking, your you and your wife's woodworking business. Because oh god, <laughs> you guys make so some when, cool stuff. When we are uh, not working, so evenings, weekends, holidays, mornings. Lunch times, every other waking hour. <laughs> my, my even the sleeping started, ones. <laughs> even the sleeping ones. Yeah, a year and a half ago, my wife said, uh, I want to make cutting boards. I want to make a cutting board. How hard could it be? So off we go to YouTube. How hard could it be? Um, we made one. And someone said, can you make me one? So we made them one. And next thing I know, she has a business. There's no more garage. It's a wood workshop. We've got a big CNC, a big laser, table saw, band saw, dust collection the whole kit and caboodle and uh yeah she's she's got a business doing cutting boards charcuterie boards cribbage boards you name it we have small wooden stuff that's that's what we do when we're not saving the world <laughs> one email at a time <laughs> one email at a time so where can where can we find you have a storefront we can uh we can plug here Be- beesboardsma.com if you want to plug it. And people will say, where'd the name come from? Well, my wife's name's B and she makes boards and we're in Massachusetts. <laughs> there you go. So we weren't, weren't very imaginative when it came to the name. <laughs> beesboardsma.com. Sounds like you did not use ChatGPT to come up with that name. <laughs> we didn't, no. We didn't ask ChatGPT to come up with that one. <laughs> no episode is complete without a mention of ChatGPT. Yep. So beesboardsma.com. We'll be sure to put a That's link it. in the show notes. Um, I appreciate it. No, no, appreciate you coming on. All the best. I, I still have to order something. I just, I. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't a requirement. You don't have to say nice things and order no, things. No, I, just I the love, nice things I love the work you do with the resin and the wood. Like I've, I've <laughs> always loved the mixture of, of, you know, reclaimed or repurposed wood and, uh, and resin. I always thought it looked really, really cool. So oh. got a lot of cool stuff, but Paul, Thanks. thank you for joining us today. Tom, good to see you as always. And of course you audio listener or podcast watcher let's see what are we at now i think it just flashed up 1157 views i think was the last number i saw crushing so it. crushing it keep them coming in remember hashtag brian young's starter pack showing two of the three items a dunkin donuts coffee iced hot whatever i i actually ended up getting a uh, a cold foam uh what was it cold foam cold brew uh, that was good. That was pretty good. Um, that was a couple of days ago. Um, either Dunkin' Donuts coffee of your of your choice, a Flipper Zero, or a 3D printer, two of the three. Go ahead and post a photo with that hashtag, or send us an, send it to us an email. Hello <laughs> at confti.show. We'll make sure that our email threat defense does not block it, <laughs> and I, we get to see it. <laughs> But thank you, as always, for listening to the, to another episode. Join us next time. We have, uh, I think next we have a recap of Cisco Live, which is going on, I think, right now. So um, yeah. we're going to have a recap episode of Cisco Live for those that weren't able to make it out there. And uh, join us for then. Until next time, stay safe out there. Don't forget to save at config. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of ConfT with your SE. For more information and resources on today's topic and others, Check out the show notes on our website at conft.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, 
If you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.